This is an Audio Wool original. This episode of Fright Day is brought to you by Gates of Hell Chipotle Hot Sauce by Fright Day. Bold Chipotle flavor blended with habanero peppers for just the right burn. Kissed with garlic and passion fruit. Zero human blood, like none at all. Visit shop.frightday.com before the first batch disappears. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash frightday. Fire emergency. Hey, they found the bodies of at least three young boys. Six more bodies under the John Gacy house. And one longtime acquaintance describes Dahmer as one weird dude. Stay tuned for Byron Serial Corner. Oh, God, really? See those lighters. Thanks, Dennis. Love... Turn them off yesterday for me. Well, he's lowering the lights for me. Love can be the force behind many things. Contentment, companionship, warm fuzzies. Although the world would be a better place if we celebrated the positive qualities of this emotion all the time, year-round. The Hallmark Corporation would sell far fewer love-centric cards. And because God is the dollar, February 14th, is the day set that we honor our romantic relationships. And that's fine. I have no problem with folks who enjoy dedicating a day to make reservations, buy nice chocolates and flowers, kiss on the mouth more often and for longer. And if I'm being honest, I'm not sure if it's because my grade school construction paper decorated Valentine's Day box was less than stuffed, but I'm personally an observer, Kelly. I dig it. I'm glad you do. Hopefully that makes up for all the people who don't. However, as Dean McCaffrey, lead singer of the Scottish band Nazareth, stated in... Well, he just sang at the start of the segment here. That was him? That was Nazareth? Yeah, it's not all sunsets and roses. It does, in fact, hurt, scar, wound, and mark. In the words of William Carroll Smith II... In an interview after he publicly slapped humorist Christopher Julius Rock at the 2022 Academy Awards, love will make you do crazy things. Even worse than that, far too often, it's not having that feeling reciprocated that can bring a person to the edge of madness. And in the words of Fairville, California hotelier Norman Bates, we all go a little mad sometimes, which is further concerning, because fictional or not, he was a brutal murderer. Tonight... You promise no kids. Zero kids. Okay. As a shout-out to folks who don't share my affinity for Valentines, we'll be discussing some horrific acts that happened to interrupt others' enjoyment. Mm. But before we do, I'd like to... Wait, wait, so is this going to be the story about, like, the hook? Like the, no, the urban legend? Yeah. No, like, unfortunately uh, not. I'd like to stick yeah. around in the fictitious for a few minutes, Kelly. For the most part, when I mention a guy named Cupid... Are you going to be mad if I have to get up and pee? I mean, you can go pee. I'll just take a quick pause if you want to go pee. Nope, it's okay. I can, I can wait. Uh, a similar image is conjured up, right, Kelly? Yep. A soft, boyish, pink little guy, short, curly locks of hair, uh, little white Are feathered wings. It's a guy. 
You're looking up. Cupid's a male. I've always thought they were kind of gender neutral. Uh, 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 androgynous? Little guy with wings? Yeah. I mean, it was just a creature. Often drawing back and aiming a bow. Arrows sometimes taking the shape of a non-anatomical heart. The tip there. Hmm. Innocent. Slightly mischievous, but well-intentioned. Modern mythology has taught us to believe that Cupid's role is to assist unsuspecting lovers in falling for each other, uh, similar to how the Cupid Shuffle causes all ants at wedding receptions to fall in love with the dance floor. This fella fires off a few fondness darts into the torso of his targets, and just like that, bam, they lock eyes and fall not to the ground mortally wounded, but deeply in love. It's all a little twisted and violent, but unsurprisingly, his roots are far more unsettling. Jesse Burring wrote a great piece in 2014 called The Original Cupid Was a Sociopath <laughs> in uh, Scientific American. It's a good publication there. Highly recommended reading. This is kind of about the pinkwashing of Cupid. I came up with that term. It was really good. Pretty proud of it. I, okay. It was the... <laughs> It was the Roman writer Lucius Apulius, who I'm probably not saying that right. I'm not even going to correct you. Who, it's a nice name Is today. it right? I think it's luscious. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Dennis. Um, Apulius, uh, he brought Cupid to life in his ancient book of fables called The Golden Ass. Hmm, Apuleius' okay. Cupid was no winged naughty toddler, more an impulsive god who rejoiced in causing sexual havoc for all earthly creatures. Even the fearless Apollo refers to Cupid as, quote, serpent dire and fierce, who flies with wings above the starry skies and doth subdue each thing with fiery flight. love a doth. I should have should have had you read this. Doth. The gods himself and powers that seem so wise with mighty love be subject to his might. The rivers blacken deadly floods of pain and darkness, E-K-E, ick, as thal to him remain. Hmm. To be brief, uh, the, the mythological tale of Cupid goes something like this. Venus, not the razor company or the planet, they're all kind of related. Uh, Roman goddess of love, beauty, desire, sex, and fertility. Uh, she's jealous of a mortal girl named Psyche, or Psyche. Probably Psyche. Psyche. Uh, who Psyche. is, huh, what? Uh, she, well, either way, she's more of a babe than Venus herself. How does she compare to a succubus? I don't know. All succubi look different, Kelly. Mm, Come okay. on. But I have seen a statue of this goddess Venus, and, you know, even with an occasional missing limb, she's a 10, Kelly. A dime, a smoke show. Interesting. Can't imagine just how beautiful Psyche is. Mm-hmm. Apparently pretty enough to seek vengeance over. Uh-oh. Venus enlists her son... The god of desire, erotic love, attraction, and affection, and more specifically in the golden ass, a bringer of misplaced desire. So mother and boy plot to shoot one of Cupid's fearsome poisoned arrows into the young maiden so that she'll forever covet the first disapproving thing she sets her eyes upon, thereby punishing Psyche's, quote, disobedient beauty with a shameful attraction. Quote, I pray thee without delay, says Venus, pleadingly to her son Cupid, that she may fall in love with the most miserable creature living, the most poor, the most crooked, the most Seems vile. Very mean. It is. And there may be none found in all of the world like the wretchedness. So, um, 
like a lunatic, of course, Cupid breaks into the young woman's house one night, fully intending to shoot her with an arrow while she's sleeping in her bed. Some pretty deeply fucked up imagery there. But he becomes distracted by her beauty and makes a common true crime whoopsie, Kelly, by accidentally wounding himself on a weapon, pricking his finger on the arrow, which again, unclear if it was heart-shaped. Whether blunder or problematic meat cute, the poison coursed through Cupid's veins, forever bonding the two, and they eventually wed, further exacerbating the one-sided jealousy of his mother, Venus. This leads to Psyche's uh, entry by marriage into the Roman pantheon, and yeah, to put it mildly, it's a tense relationship that she has with her new mother-in-law. This Cupid wasn't so much a romantic matchmaker as a devil subjecting hapless people to a toxic lust, one that blinded them with hypersexual urges, kind of like the stuff that we were talking about the other night when you were talking Incubus and Succubus. Last night. That's, it was just last night. That's the other night, though, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fairly certain that this is just another story told to relieve men from responsibility. I of... like that you heard that part of what I said. That's good. It's pretty obvious, right? Okay, why well, don't you just make it's do? good. It's, it's kind good. of the whole thing. Sorry, fellas. Um, it would be beneficial to the story if I had more time to talk roots of Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's, etc. But unfortunately, this is all a thicker story. Massacre. Well, I'll get there. Personally, I'd rather not get into detail about it because I find all of that history stuff kind of boring and bad. Okay, you just went through like Greek and Roman history I'm stuff. I'm honestly not done. But I am going to be brief. Let's of course, uh, much like most holidays we have, it's rooted in, say it with me, folks. Massacre. Paganism. Paganism. Close. From a piece by Arnie Seppel. You're looking at me like I have something. Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm holding it in my yep. hand. You can't see it. No, I can't see it. Uh, for NPR's Valentine's Day series titled The Dark Origins of Valentine's Day, from February 13th through the 15th, the Romans celebrated the feast of Lupercalia. Hmm. So in, in this uh, festival here, the men sacrificed a goat and a dog, then whipped women with the hides of the animals that they just slain. This sounds really fun. They found it kind of romantic. They were drunk. They were naked. They, the guys did? Well, I don't okay. know. Noel Lenski, though, a religious studies professor at Yale University, went on to say, quote, young women would voluntarily agree and come forward for the men to smash them. Okay. Because they believed that it would make them fertile. Gotta be fertile. Well, You're not fertile. What are you worth? <laughs> Clearly. Well, it, for the ones who Ugh. hadn't already paired up, they had this event here. Wow. A matchmaking lottery in which young men drew the names of women from a jar. So hold on, just real quickly. You want to back up to the smashing? Well, no, I just want to make sure. We started this out by you saying that you were going to be defending Valentine's Day because you actually kind of like it, right? I'm, uh, okay, just making no, sure. It wasn't really the intention. The intention was to... Okay, put so this is I... supposed to be pro V. Day. I don't right. know if it's pro V-Day. This is for the folks who don't like it. Clearly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So listen, they pull the names out of a jar and the partnership would remain for the duration of the festival mm -hmm. or longer if the match was right. Wow. It seems okay, right? Sure. It seems great. It's really hard to determine consent in the old times. I feel like consent has always been a thing that you could determine. Had you any interest in determining well, it? Well, I just... I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they do say that it seems like they're willingly lining up to be smashed by the dead dog skins. You know what? We could, so. we could draw a parallel to Weinstein. W okay. We don't have to, though. Nope. Okay. You just keep going. Once it's the... Ca uh, Would it's, you like a shovel? No, I'm fine. I'm not defending anyone. 
uh, especially not the Catholics, Kelly, because once they get a hold of this holiday, my eyes glaze over. It's boring. I don't like it. Okay. The Catholic Church recognizes at least three and upwards of 23 different saints named Valentine or Valentinus with at least 12 of them who were martyred. Um, One legend states there was a Valentine who was a priest that served during the 3rd century in Rome when Emperor Claudius II decided that single men made better soldiers than guys with wives and families. He outlawed marriage for young men. Valentine uh, thought this was kind of fucked up, so he defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. Okay. That's nice. What do you got to say about that? It sounds a little bit like the priest in Romeo and Juliet. I don't. I'm unfamiliar. You're talking about the 1990s version? I'm talking about the play. Okay. I'll talk about Shakespeare and plays in a little bit. When Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered that this man, Valentine, should be put to death. Still others insist it was St. Valentine of Turney, a bishop, who was the true namesake of the holiday. He, too, was beheaded by Claudius II outside Rome. This guy loves chopping off a head. Yeah, I mean, as long as he's kind of universal in the way he applies it. Kings do it. Okay. They do. According to one legend, a locked-up valentine actually sent the first valentine, Kelly, after falling in love with a young girl, possibly... How young? I don't know. Okay. uh, Possibly his jailer's daughter, who had been visiting him during his time behind bars. It's alleged he wrote her a letter, and he ended it with, from your valentine. Before his execution, of course. Okay. That's kind of sweet. And I it, mean, I would. I still need to know the age before took, I think it's sweet. Okay, it took off ahead. and it stuck. But in the end, uh, because its origins weren't able to be determined, the Roman Catholic Church actually removed the celebration from their calendars in, guess what year? 666. 1969. Whoa. Yeah, very recently, if you consider all of it. You can, <sighs> however, still visit the flower-adorned skull of... A Saint Valentine on display at the Basilia of Saint Maria in Rome. Oh, they got a loose skull of a Valentine there. I've been there a long time ago. Did Don't you remember check it anything out? about the skull? Do you know there's a rumor that there's a real skull on Pirates of the Caribbean? This is all romantic, isn't it, Kelly? Mm, mm-hmm. Very sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. The light, funky ones, also known as LFO, beautifully state: When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. And while the first line and most of the lines in their smash hit Summer Girls are borderline nonsensical and not much more than just stating facts like uh, Macaulay Culkin was in Home Alone (laughs) and Cherry Pez Cold Crush Rock Studs Boogie, Boogie, which are all words for things, they're right. Shakespeare did write a whole bunch of sonnets and plays. Oh, you were going with the Shakespeare. It was his romantic, romantic, oh, there's no way my mouth is going to say romantic. Anticization. Thank you. Of Valentine's that further mainstreamed this importance in popular culture. Uh, Yeah, I appreciate y'all tolerating me setting the stage now for the good bad parts. Wow, so that was like... Do you know if I wrote a preface that long? Do you know how fucking pissed at me you'd be? What do you think I'm known for, Kelly? Remember I wrote the jackass intro? I mostly remember the shopping carts intro. Yeah, well, that's part of it, remember? Yep. Uh, Let's talk a handful of center February atrocities. February 14th, 1929 would prove to be a really shit day for the members of George Bugs Morin's bootlegging operation. Bugsy Malone? It's Morin. I don't know if it's the same guy. There's lots of bugs and bugs. We really need to talk about Bugsy Malone. Well, we will, Kelly. Stop, please. (laughs) 
you're really not going to order dinner loudly in the middle of this. This just, this goes out con- on a podcast. I was just confirming that I heard your gravy request. You said, I was just making sure. Who said gravy? I didn't say gravy. This guy said gravy. It's not my request. Al Scarface Capone, the then chief crime lord in Chicago, was ticked by his long-term enemy's success. In 1924, authorities counted around 16 gang-related murders. Uh, This brand of slang continued until 1929, reaching a high of 64 murders in one year during that time. Seven members of Bugs' crew were part of that death toll. I'm not certain, but it's uh, it's likely that Kelly and I will be going deeper into this event in our upcoming series about Murder, Inc., Ugh. discussing Hitman for the Mob. Oh, I thought we were doing, like, the rap conglomerate. With Ja Rule? Yeah, uh, we are always What's talking about Ja Rule. name? I bet. Okay, that was Great. really good. He's good. He we could do it. We'll have him back for that. Oh, my gosh. I, there's no way we're not going to talk about Ja Rule when we talk about Murder, Inc., but okay, good. talking about a completely sure. different thing, Hitman okay. for the Mob. Okay. I'm going to be kind of brief cool. in this retelling of the story. Two men enter a garage at 2122 North Clark Street in Chicago, north side, where bugs uh, shined the moon. The two men who came in uh, dressed as police, carrying revolvers. They pretended to arrest the men, and they were taken outside, where they found two other men waiting for them, dressed in suits, carrying Thompson automatic machine guns. Tommy guns. Tommy guns. Those are Tommy guns. The seven members were lined up against the brick wall of a garage and told to face it. An estimated 70 rounds of ammunition were fired. And when police officers from Chicago's 36th district arrived, they found one gang member, a guy named Frank Gusenberg, barely alive. And uh, in the few minutes before he died, they pressed him to reveal what happened, but he wouldn't talk because he's a good gangster. Although this event basically wrapped up the elimination of Capone's competition, the St. Valentine's Day massacre could also be said to have marked the beginning of his downfall. We're going to talk way more about gangs. But now you know the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. That's the one. Coolest name, maybe not the coolest event. Seven guys getting shot up on a wall with a Thompson machine gun. I mean, it could be worse. Could, could be, be worse. Uh, like this story, maybe. This one really creeped me out. Uh, hadn't heard anything about this. February 14th, 2017, not too long ago, 8 p.m., a young lady named Ellie Tran, who was 35, Uh, She's a single mother who was working many hours as a manicurist to support her two-year-old daughter. She was seen on a security camera parking her car in the driveway of her parents' house uh, where she lived in Virginia Beach. She had uh, moved her parents out over from Vietnam to help her raise her granddaughter. And that night, as she got out of her car and headed to the front door, a man wearing high-visibility clothing jumped out of a bush from behind her. Oof had that high vis, of course, because he thought it would distort the security camera, which I think it partially does, but probably not as well as he expected. Um, This camera was installed to protect her from something like this. Unfortunately, he attacked her. See, that's the thing about cameras. Like, they will be able to catch whoever did what happened Uh in many cases, but it's not like the camera's going to keep the thing from happening. Unfortunately not. The man plunged an antique syringe into Ellie's upper leg. Antique? Yeah and injected her with a dose of cyanide before running. Ellie's mom heard the screams and ran outside to see what was happening. Uh, She was holding her leg and pointed to the figure, who's now fading out in the distance, saying, Merlino struck me in the leg with something. 
it was her ex, the father of her child, a man named Joseph Merlino III. Yep, that'll do it. Yeah, an abusive piece of shit who at uh, some yep. point in the relationship, when it turned south, uh, grabbed her by the neck in front of her daughter and threatened to put her, quote, under the ground. Excellent. Yeah, rough Excellent. guy. Excellent. So at first, Ellie was able to call 911, but within 15 minutes, she was unconscious and she couldn't breathe. Wow. Um, she was rushed to the hospital, but by midnight, she was declared brain dead, and the following day, her family reluctantly turned off life support. Oof. However... Do you have uh, a living will? Currently? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. You should get one on You think record. so? Yep. Very important. Um... I don't think anyone's going to stab me with an antique syringe. It's just important to have a living will on record. It's a good point. Joseph was eventually arrested and charged, and at trial, he tried to say that he was uh, 100 miles away. But, I mean, as part of a ton of evidence, he also had just straight up Googled high-quality syringes. What if cyanide gets in the blood? How many milligrams of cyanide will kill you? Uh, but, of course, who hasn't Googled that? I have never, never? Googled that. I haven't either. Like a big baby, he went on a hunger strike. He lost like 30, 40 pounds. And less. When that verdict came down as being guilty for first-degree murder, all Joseph Merlino did was shake his head slightly from side to side. There was none of his family in the courtroom. Ellie Trung's family was in the courtroom, though they did not give much of a reaction either when that verdict did come down. If you take a look at this video, you can see just what the last four days were like inside the courtroom. The, the jury had to listen to 20-plus witnesses, including Joseph Merlino, who took the stand today. Now, he was on the stand for an hour and a half today, and that's the same amount of time that it took for the jury to return their guilty verdict. Now, even though this verdict has been handed down, we will not know how much time he will serve until Monday. The jury will have to come back on Monday morning and have to deliberate a sentence. But we have been told from the Commonwealth's attorney's office that he could face anywhere from 20 years to life behind bars. During sentencing, he was rolled into the courtroom, appearing to lose consciousness, and he foamed from the mouth. But who fucking Ooh, cares? Really? <laughs> yeah. That's um, kind of interesting. Yeah, he was sentenced to life in prison and blamed his lawyers for their failings in the case, saying that he plans to appeal. Wow. So he's still alive? Uh, yeah, I mean, currently alive. Yeah, in jail. The, I mean, murderers most of the time are still alive if they get caught and run the criminal yeah. justice system. You know? Yeah. Kelly, peak pandemic was hard on all of us. Yes. Especially uh, straining on our personal relationships when our circles were tighter. Late on the night of February 13th, 2021, and early on the 14th, so I can include this story Wait in a second. Second. This is two years ago. Yeah, not too long okay. ago. Um, okay. The pressure of these personal relationships got the best of Penelope Jackson. Retired Army Lieutenant Colonel David Jackson called 999 for help before his wife took the phone from him. And 999, of course, because uh, in not, the UK. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you with him now? Well, I might just go and stab him again. All right, do not stab him again. Why? Okay, so just listen to my voice, okay? Yes. Stay on the line I with am, me. I am complimenting. Okay, are you with the patient now? Well, I'm in the lounge and he's in the kitchen bleeding to death with any luck. Oh, right, so just stay on the line with me. Look, this is not, you're not paid enough to do with this. It's not fair. 
Okay, well, ultimately, madam, I'm listening to your voice, and you're the help I have available, so we need to help him, okay? No, I'm not. All right, madam, I don't how many times have you stabbed him? Um, I did the once. You did the once? And then he said I wouldn't do it again, so I did it first more. So, ha okay, so in total, how many times? Maybe. Uh, three times. Three times, okay. Uh, once I thought I'd get his heart, well, he hasn't got one. And then, twice in the abdomen, so... Once I thought I got him in the heart, but turns out he doesn't have one, she says. I mean, that's a fair assessment. Well, you might be wrong here. Squeak and bubble, Kelly. Do you know what this is? It's some awful food, isn't it? Um, it's a really bad food. Well, it's the sound that boiled cabbage makes when it hits the hot frying pan, of course. But that's what they, the, the, it's a food. It's yes, an actual food. Squeak and bubble is a British dish made from cooked potatoes and cabbage mixed together and fried. It's kind of like a, a pancake, but with no, uh, thank you, cabbage as well. I think they mix in some other stuff. But no, um, thank you. I think I'm, I'm unsure if, uh, I don't really know. It's not your thing though, no, right? You. Not interested. No, not even a little bit interested. Not even a little squeak and bubble. All right, not no? at all. Okay. <laughs> Any British dishes that you do like? Doesn't sound like No. It. Food writer Can't think of one. Howard Hillman. Oh, yeah, I do like fish and chips. Okay. I like fish and chips. Uh, he classes it one of the, quote, great peasant dishes of the world. And uh, while you may find that gross and upsetting, like I do, it, it most certainly doesn't seem like an out-of-line thing for 78-year-old David Jackson to suggest that be paired with a nice steak, right? Huh. So he was celebrating 24 years uh, of marriage with his wife, and his wife, it was her 66th birthday. Penny disagreed with that suggestion strongly. Yeah, weird. Well, she, she would. Calm down. During the pandemic, did you make any uh, digital attempts, Kelly, to eat a meal with your family? Digital? Yeah, like through a screen. Because like early on in the pandemic, my sister Not delivered really. pizza to me and my parents. We all got together. She's nicer than I am. Watched I it on Zoom. Like and that. I know Dennis over here, he made a digital version of the card game Werewolf. Yep. Yeah, that was cool. That was nice. You were trying to get your friends together and hang I just out. made my kids Skype with my parents once in a while. Once in a while. Or Zoom. Did you see your parents? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we saw them eventually, but. Great. Well, Penny and David's daughter, Isabel, wanted to do something special for her folks, especially for her mother, who, uh, you know, as she was turning 66 in lockdown, that would be a difficult and scary thing for anyone. They sent over a gourmet meal kit to prepare and eat over Skype, which is a nice thought and cute. I like it. I think that's fun. Okay. Everything was seemingly fine until the iPad battery died and Isabel lost signal with her parents. Several minutes later, the call resumed, but the mood had shifted. Penny looked as if she'd been crying. David was far in the background sitting by himself. Was he? He was. Hmm. Eventually, uh, this now uncomfortable celebratory dinner wrapped up, but the disagreements continued. It came out later that it was likely not the squeak and bubble comments nor a heated argument over iPad chargers that happened off camera. But according to Penny Kelly, years of controlling and bullying behavior. Yeah, I, I can believe that given... Well, I, I would like you to really pump the brakes. And that night, of course, Penny couldn't take it anymore. She fiercely attacked David with a kitchen knife, slashing his chest deeply. He scrambled to the phone, dialing 999 for help, and she continued to stab before taking the phone. The operator's request to start CPR, as you heard, was denied, and eventually the police and ambulance showed up. 
Hey, madam, do you want to just step outside for me a minute? Can you, can you come outside? Yes. Thank you. He's on the kitchen floor. Okay, at this moment in time, okay, if you just listen to my colleague. Um, under arrest suspicion of attempt murder, mate. Under arrest yeah, suspicion of attempt murder. You do not have to say anything. It may harm your defence. You do not mention when questioned anything you're later relying on court. Anything you do say may be given in evidence. Um, I'll go in and see what they do. Yeah. Could I have kept my coat? Just bear with me two seconds. In there. I admit it all. Alright. Just get them. Alright, I want to go in. Alright. No, he's on the kitchen floor. Can someone just stay with Devon while I go in? There's nothing nasty. And I'm certainly not. My coat's in the... Yeah, just Ow, wait two seconds. All right, you okay? It is. I mean, with this British, it, it sounds right. so much more dignified. Luck, right. You'll be too late. Right, get the ambulance in, pronto. We need oh, CPR. Oh, No, no, no. Please don't. Yeah, we need oh, the ambulance in. stabbed him a bit more. Yes. I stabbed him. He's an aggressive bully and nasty... And I've had enough. She's had enough. And when he said, you won't do it, I did it twice more. Penelope, my advice is don't, don't talk about it now, OK? No, no, I have no, no intention of not agreeing to what I've done. OK. I know what I've done. All right. And I know why I've done it. And if I haven't done it properly, I'm really annoyed. I'm very sorry for being Now they're at the police station. We've just got to take a temperature, okay? Yeah. So she's saying, if, if, in other words, if I didn't do it right, well, if I didn't actually kill him? Really great. Get COVID on the top of me. So she ended up at the police station there. and They had to check her temperature. Kelly, um, I almost didn't cover this story because it is, it is a, a kind of a sensitive topic. And I would like to get into it deeper, but I know we don't really have time to focus Uh-oh. on it. I don't. I don't want to come off as a Mike Boudet type character. You know, the the yeah. edgy, conservative, leaning, true crime podcaster known for his shitty takes on minorities and women. Okay. But Uh-oh. by all accounts, Kelly, it seems like Penny might have been more of the aggressor in this case. Even though, I mean, really? I know we're, we're talking about her literally killing a man and her saying she did it. Uh, I think she's a sociopath. I truly do. From everything I've seen. Yeah, outwardly, it would be easy to but be... you're like, saying there's no evidence that he was a bully. Well, I have some evidence that she's the bully, a little Ooh, bit. And okay. this is just a small right, example. I'm, there's I'm lots more... I'm keeping an open mind, okay? David was in a happy marriage uh, with a woman who loved him, and she said that she loved him even after he left her, and to this day, okay. David did start having an affair with Penny, okay. and, and although David expressed that he only had no interest beyond just that physical intimacy that they were sharing... She forced him to tell his wife and to leave, and he did that. And then Penny told her husband about David. This was her third husband, and that man killed himself. Okay. It wasn't uncommon for her to either threaten to take her own life or to tell men to take their lives. Whoa. So So you're telling me she's like, oh, now I'm forgetting it. The Bride and the Haunted Mansion, but I can't remember I've never at the been moment. on the ride, but mm-hmm. it's complicated, especially since, you know, David is dead. This night, though, like I said, I mentioned the, the threatening to take lives or telling people to kill themselves. On trial, she said that she was planning on cutting her wrists, but decided to take that knife, and she asked herself, why should I be the one to die? The, she, the things she said about David were like that he wouldn't let her watch her TV shows that she liked. She had to get groceries 
Okay, but like maybe those were just like examples that she was coming up with. No, like, this is her strategy. Like, and things do build, Katrina. I, totally I agree understand with you. that, and, but I'm I've listened to a lot of audio about this case, and I that's mean, why it's so a lot hard more to than I have. cover I have to in this in this small period of time. Not trying to boudet the situation, but but you're telling us to well, trust. Let's not you. root for Penny. I don't think Penny's a good woman, and in fact, she was uh, convicted for murder in October. Whoa. And she's in jail now, minimum of 18 years to life. Interesting. Yeah, the Bristol Crown Court judge said that she has shown, quote, not a shred of remorse for killing this, her fourth husband. Oh. Tough tale. Okay. Uh, but uh, then there's the folks, and this is our last story for tonight, who can't stand seeing other people happy. Oh, like FOMO murderers? Well... Kinda. This is uh, someone y'all might be familiar with whose name doesn't need to be said any more than it already has. The Stoneman Douglas High School shooter. The guy who murdered 17 people, injured 17 others. Um, I watched a bit of his trial last year, but I didn't discover this moment until researching for the segments. Oh, okay. Anything that I haven't asked you that you think is really important that you wish I'd asked you but I failed to do? Um, Do you think it would be really important for me to know? Let me think. Think. Mm-hmm. Um, why I chose Valentine's Day? Okay. Why Valentine's Day? Because I felt like no one loved me, and I didn't like Valentine's Day. I wanted ruins for everyone. harder typer than you much harder actually that's like it's like he's trying to be threatening through his typing okay yeah. ruin it for everyone i mean like whatever it's an intimidation family strategy. members of the kids who would kill me no no for school oh for the school yeah oh uh, okay so it's like an attack against Dom and douglas basically yes Dom and douglas all right Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can see that, I guess. Because it, it'd be kind of hard for them to have like a dance on Valentine's Day or something. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so that's one of the reasons that he killed 17 people. Um, he also Valentine's he also Day. wanted to be a, a mass shooter. He wanted to be famous because he's a big dumb dummy and an awful monster. So Horrible humans you're talking about. Yep. And you uh, did say you weren't going to talk about kids dying. Uh, well, they're... Young, well, they were children, weren't they? Shit. They sure as fuck were. All right, now listen, love it or hate it, Valentine's Day is just that, Kelly. It's a day. It is. Who gives a toot about what some pagans did thousands of years ago or how many guys with that last name lost their heads? Love all year or intensely for one day. If you're alone, be aspirational for a love that you want. Maybe focus on loving yourself. Or you could uh, wait until the day after to buy candy at half price. It, yeah. Yeah, it's a good deal. If you can hold out and like really find that right point with Target, sometimes you can get it at 70% off. 70% off. All you the good can. stuff's gone. I mean, often that does happen. But of course, folks, there's plenty of fish Gamble. in the sea. Plenty of fish Swedish in the fish. sea. You don't have to kill your husband. You can just leave. You can. And also, definitely don't stab anyone with an antique needle. That's fucked up. And yeah, the antique really part mad. actually creeps yeah. me out a lot more. Um, th- th- that's uh, 
Byron ruins Valentine's Day? I didn't really name the segment, but uh, thank you guys so much for, for putting up with that. Got a little complicated in the middle. <laughs> Apologies. Love to talk about it more. But... Great work, everyone. I... Everybody get some applause for listening. Okay. Well, great. That's nice. You've been listening to an Audio Wool original produced by Byron McCoy. Theme music provided by Cemeteries. For more programs like this, visit audiowool.co.